Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Women wrapped up in blankets and they're looking for food. It's the saddest thing I've ever witnessed. Trust is a human emotion. And for some reason, we've embedded trust in social media. I thought about you, but I did get it because you've given us so much airtime. Thank you so much. We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Extra WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Okay, um, very nasty scam doing the rounds. I'll tell you about it in a while. It's to do with, and loads of people have invested a couple of quid here and a couple of quid there and 50 quid or 100 quid or a couple of hundred quid in Bitcoin. And it's really turned nasty for someone I'll talk to in a wee while. Towards the end of the show on Friday, uh, we got word of this anomaly where the 500 euro due to people on disability hadn't been paid out or wasn't being paid out to people at the National Learning Centre in our National Learning Network in Holly Hill. Subsequently, it emerged over the weekend because Jerry Buttimer was tweeting about it and Regina Doherty and I think uh, Minister Heather, is it Heather Humphreys? Whatever, anyway. It was a bit of a mistake. It was an error. It was an oversight. It was whatever. And it was corrected at the weekend. And uh, Jerry Buttimer was, was tweeting at the weekend that maybe I would be... Um, as effusive in mentioning that it had been sorted out. Yes, of course, it had been sorted out. Some kind of an anomaly, some kind of a cock up in the system, and they didn't get their 500 quid, but they will now. And that's at least what, uh, what we discovered at the weekend. Good morning, 0818 96 96 96. Text to WhatsApp is 083 396 96 96, and the email is opinion at 96fm.ie. Quite a lot going on in news over the weekend, uh, most recently last evening, and we have no word on the chat's condition other than it is serious and according to some of the newspapers this morning life-altering injuries were sustained by a young Garda who was just helping a motorist on the all bypassed bypass rather around 7 o'clock last evening and he was hit by another car there was a, a collision Maureen Tuig from the newsroom joins me it's been a busy weekend Maureen start with that one the Garda what do we know about it morning 
Good morning, PJ. Yeah, it has been quite a busy weekend. So as you say, the guard is in a seriously injured in a critical condition in Cork University Hospital. And the Echo are reporting that they, he suffered crush injuries to one leg. Now, as you say, this happened on the N25 of the Yall Bypass and it was around 7pm last night. So he was in an unmarked patrol car and he stopped to help a broken down vehicle. And uh, when he was struck at the unmarked patrol car was then struck by another vehicle and uh, the guard in question suffered serious injuries and the driver of the other vehicle uh, was also taken to CUH with non-life threatening injuries. So from now as what we know is, is that this guard is in um, serious and critical condition at Cork University Hospital. Uh, the road is closed and local diversions are in place today and the guards are expecting the road to reopen around midday today. The reason it's closed is to allow for a forensic collision investigation to take place so they're reckoning it'll reopen at midday but I'm sure they will update us further if if that is going to change now they are appealing for witnesses so anyone who was driving on the N25 in the area of Yall Bypass uh, last evening between 6.30 and 7pm, if you had your dash cam on and if you have that footage, if you can make that available to the Gardaí, please do so. Or if you have any camera footage of any sorts that may help in this investigation, um, you're asked to make that available as well. But as I say, those local diversions are in place through Yall Town and the road is expected to be closed until around midday today. It's Middleton guys looking at after this one, isn't it, Maurice? It is, of course. And look, if you have any information, you can pass it on there or any guard the station, yeah. or you can go to the guard the confidential line. So there's lots of avenues you can go to yeah. uh, with that information. One eight hundred six 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 one one one. It's that. Now, then Friday afternoon there was an armed robbery South Douglas Road. Was it a post office? Was it? It was. It was the post office there on the South Douglas Road, and there was a. A customer there was held at knife point and a substantial sum of money was taken. I know I'm told and it's understandable locals are completely shocked by this and I can imagine those working in the post office are shocked as well and I heard that they contacted other post offices around the city to just inform them what had just happened so that they could be on on watch. So it was a male intruder um, and it was around 1.30pm on Friday um, entered the premises, threatened staff and as I say held a customer there at knife point and it took with them a substantial sum of money. Now, it, the incident, the whole incident took place in a matter of minutes and it was all captured on CCTV and the intruder left and headed on foot in the direction of Douglas with that substantial sum of money. So the guards were, were called um, and they're appealing for witnesses now as well. And again, anyone who was maybe driving in the area had a dash cam on, you never know what it could pick up. So you're asked if you do have footage, make that available. And it was around 1.30pm on Friday. So if you were driving on the South Douglas Road, or if you do, in fact, have any camera footage, or you saw what happened, to, to get in touch with the Gardaí. Um, as I say, it was captured on CCTV. Those investigations are ongoing. <laughs> and... It must have been just such a, a traumatising incident, especially there for a customer held at knife point and, and the, the staff that were threatened. Now, no persons were injured in the course of this incident. And, and that came in the, the statement from Gardaí. Yeah. But as they say, it all happened in a matter of minutes. The intruder uh, left on photo with a substantial sum of yeah. money. It's a tiny little post office. I know it very, very well. And then Saturday evening, uh, this serious incident at at the Briar Rose. What happened there? 
This is it. So the, a man has been arrested there and he's actually been charged and he's going to appear before Cork District Court this morning. But um, it happened uh, on Saturday, as you say, and it was shortly after 6pm that Gardaí were alerted. Now, two staff members were allegedly assaulted uh, during the course of this incident. So it's actually being reported that uh, the, the man in question was ejected from the Briar Rose and came back about half an hour later armed with a knife and wearing a balaclava. And um, so... It was, as I say, shortly after 6pm, the Gardaí say that they were alerted and it was alleged that two staff members at the, the pub were um, assaulted, allegedly assaulted, by a male armed with a knife. Now, both those staff members were treated at the scene for their injuries. Um, the man has, was arrested. He's a man in his 40s, taken to Toker Garda Station for questioning. And the latest update that we got last night was that he's been charged in relation to the incident and uh, he's appearing in the in the district court this morning. So I'm going to head in along to to see there what he exactly he is being charged with. Okay, and if you have anything on that, you might come back to us before the the end of the program, Maureen. Absolutely, oh. no problem, PJ. Thanks a million. Thanks very much for that, Maureen Twig, from the ninety six FM newsroom. Three incidents. We think in particular of the family and friends and colleagues of that Garda injured on the old bypass. And I was just reading one of our regular tweeters on the show, Mags, who is uh, the the wife of a guard, and she was saying that. Her own husband's best friend was killed in a car crash in Yall, knocked down by a car in Yall 20 years ago yesterday. And they were marking his anniversary when they heard about this other incident. Uh, sad, sad. But we hope, our, we hope that that guard will be okay in the fullness of time. 0818 96 96 96. It's here. It's underway. It's started. And we give you a chance to play later on this morning. The 10k toy giveaways here. We've loads of 500 euro Smith's Toys Superstores uh, shopping sprees for free. Steady seeing across the day for your chance to win. We will, you'll hear the cue to call. We'll ask, ask, we'll ask you a simple question. Get the question right, you're in the draw to win. With two shopping sprees a day to give away. It's the Corks 96 FM 10K toy giveaway. It's only on Corks 96 FM and we'll play it later this morning. The Cork Diary. On Corks 96 FM. The Martin Lawler 5K Memorial Race will take place on Sunday the 20th of November from Little Island Community Centre. Organised by Cork Mental Health Staff in association with Cork BHAA. Registration is from 9.30am with a run at 11am. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie The Cork Diary With corksimon.ie Your support this Christmas is more than a gift. Corks 96fm. Yeah, that seems to have been sorted out at the weekend that discrepancy with the disability payment where some people weren't getting the extra 500 euro. It seems to have been sorted but then we get calls I am on illness benefit over a year now. I won't be going back to work anytime soon, but I'm not getting any bonus either. That's unfair. It's still a social welfare payment. Thank you. That's interesting. Illness benefit is different to disability, but your point is very valid. 0818 96 96 96. Now, we've all, I know I have anyway, uh, invested a couple of quid in bit. Bitcoin. Now, when I say a couple of quid, I put a hundred quid into it or something, and I just left it there, and it hasn't done anything. Which is probably the it's probably worth about. It didn't worth scratch at this stage, but at least that's 
haven't lost anything else. But, Fiona, it, this, it, I think this was your, your granny, was it? What happened? Good morning. Hi, good morning, TJ. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, I uh, received a call from this lady, uh, well, a message from this lady, and uh, she basically uh, was saying she she um, was too upset to talk. I know her very well. She said she's too upset to talk. She's just been scammed. She's lost everything. Um, and uh, it was quite a complicated and professional scam. It involved quite a lot of, um, I suppose, coaching or grooming on the phone and by email. But the long and short of it was that she lost her savings and, and her confidence, I guess, and, and got a nasty shock. Describe um, what happened. So so basically, as you were saying, uh, she had years ago when, when everybody was promoting online the Bitcoin, you know, get in now with a small amount and you make a lot of money because um, it's a new currency. Um, and I, I know Bitcoin is legitimate, but she did that a, a few years ago. And she, like I said, she didn't invest much at all. Um, but then uh, recently she got uh, a phone call and uh, they were telling her basically that her investment had made a large profit and she needed to give them the details to prove her identity. So this is, I mean, I'm not 100% clear of all the details because it actually is quite complicated. It involves like three different financial institutions and the whole, you know, trading platform thing and all that. So she was quite bamboozled by the whole thing. But because she had invested, um, she believed them that they were they were legitimate and also they, they did other things to to prove their legitimacy i suppose so she gave them their her um driving license um as proof of identity and her address then of course they wanted her bank details to transfer these thousands of euros um into her account which they actually did and i'll explain more about that later um then they got her to download a software called anydesk which basically gave them access to her laptop. Oh. Yeah, and she didn't know, obviously, what Anydesk was. Um, and obviously, these guys were very, very convincing. And they showed her on her laptop, her credit union balance had increased um, to a very, very exciting, healthy-looking balance altogether. Um, so obviously, she was very excited about this. Um, unknown to her, that balance that went in went out again minutes afterwards with all her savings and they left her two euros. Oh, Lord. Anydesk yeah. is a very, very handy piece of software used Isn't myself. It? Very, very useful in, yeah. in a legitimate sense, but so yeah. this, this was not used for that sense. No, very, very handy for them as yeah. well. If you don't know, I mean, an 81 year old woman. She's amazing to be online at Absolutely. all, I think. Um, for anybody to to navigate technology at 81, I think, is an incredible achievement. So, you know, she that was that is a booster of confidence, and she uses it all the time to communicate with family and friends and stuff like that. So she's she's nervous about all that now, too, do you know? Yeah. Um, so there was, there was more to it, I guess, um, as well. Uh, they somehow, for some reason, they convinced her she had to open another bank account with an online bank called Wise Bank. Um, and they did that for her using her details that she'd given. And then this bank issued two credit cards, one of which went to this lady. And the other one, of course, I'd imagine stayed with the scammers. Um, 
I think this had something to do with trying to tell her that all the money that she had got, she needed to reinvest some in Bitcoin and she needed to involve another financial institution, etc. So so all in all, there was like, uh, I think Wise Bank are a legitimate online bank. I believe they are, yeah. And then there was Coindeck, um, who dealt with the Bitcoin. She got a lot of emails from them and still gets a lot of emails from them. I, I don't really know much about them. Um, and then there was, of course, the local credit union where she had her, her account. Mm. Um, and so basically seeing the credit union account go up on her screen, receiving a real credit card through the post, they all convinced her that basically these people were to be trusted. This is you know? very elaborate, Fiona. It's, it's incredibly complicated and very professional. And I've heard since of other people who would be, you know, much more involved in business and, and finance being caught as well for a lot more than this mm. lady was caught for. And they're using legitimate um, outlets and... and things like any desk and like you say wise bank I, I don't know about the other one but they're using legitimate outlets or hiding under the name of legitimate outlets and probably using very very kosher looking web pages and links exactly exactly and also i suppose um you know you you if you have invested a little bit and you really you know would like that to grow then they've caught you because i'm not sure whether they knew somehow that she had invested, that they got a list somewhere, or whether they just took a chance and rang numerous people and were hoping they'd hit someone who invested something in Bitcoin. I don't know. Well, Um, well, talking to people who know about this, people like like Ronan Murphy at Smart Tech and and people like Graham at Be Secure Online, many other people who I've talked to, that's literally how it is. it's It's a random, like, spread call that they might, they might Put out a hundred, a hundred and fifty, two hundred, a thousand calls from a computer. All they want is one or two to pick up, and that's how they make their money. Yeah, and they knew they knew her age. Obviously, they had yes. her driving license. They spoke to her. They knew she was on a state pension, um, and they knew that she didn't have a lot in her account. Yeah. Um, but they took it anyway and left her with two, and then came back later trying to get more. And then they also tried to raise a loan on the details. They they created a fake email account in her name um, and then they tried to raise a loan so they tried to put her in debt with the credit union who thankfully didn't fall for it or they just basically just didn't authorise the loan Um, and uh, and, and, uh, did that all, you know, I saw the emails went went out, I got into the email that they had set up on her laptop, a Gmail account and uh, looked at them trying to, you know, the emails they sent, trying to raise this loan, pretending to be her. Right. Um, so she got a terrible shock, and her family got a shock. Um, and I don't think, you know, I've seen her confidence quite so badly knocked yeah. um, in a long time, do you know? No, it's terrible. It's, um, it's, it's really insidious and nasty. You know, to, 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 and, and like this, she, 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 she gave them the information and they used it against her. Yeah, and just to, you know, it's on a par, I think, with being mugged in a way because financially and emotionally it has much the same effect. Um, But also everything is online. So when, you know, a couple of us are trying to help her sort things out because it's not just the the confidence lack, you know, the the confidence um, and the financial 
thing. She also had to close her bank account, cancel her cards, reinstate all her direct debit mandates, change the pension into another account. All this had to be done. A lot of it had to be done online and with services where you're waiting like, you know, half an hour or an, yeah. an hour and, you know, she's nervous about going online. So it's all going to be traumatising. For for a woman of her years, it was a remarkable achievement to learn so much as she had done about online and to be able to work online. So many people struggle with that. So that was an achievement for her. And mm. then to discover she was scammed online and in order to sort out the mess left behind by the scammers, she has to do it all online. It's no wonder her trust is in bits. I know. I mean, in fairness, I struggle with technology and I think people of, of her generation who manage all that are absolutely amazing. And they need to be protected and they also need to be supported by services um, that should allow them to do things yeah. in other ways if possible when, you know, when, this is, when, when they're not able to do that. Yeah, and the, the, um, the trying to get to talk to this is just a side issue, but it comes up in, in, in my mind, Fiona, trying to get to talk to a human being. Exactly. It's damn near impossible. And, you know, and that can leave you feeling very isolated. I mean, thankfully, I mean, one or two of us can can help her out. But if you could imagine a person who didn't have any help, um, you know, they'd be they'd be even more devastated, you know, and, and very, very isolated. So it's, it is a really nasty thing to do. And uh you know, she she basically was very excited too that she had more or less kind of won the lottery on Bitcoin. Yes, yes, um, yes. And so she got all excited. She went to her son and said, I have really good news. I'll tell you about it later. And then next thing, you know, sometime later, she's she's going to him in floods of tears and she's oh, too upset even to, to talk to people. So, have have um, the guards been notified, Fiona? We have had quite a bit of communication with the guards. I think they're doing their best. They've actually been um, very kind and, and understanding. Mm. They've needed quite a lot of information or emails and IP addresses and stuff like that. Um, so I'm I'm hoping they'll come up with something. But given all the information that the transactions were done with, were done with her correct identity, it's kind of hard to get anything back because the institutions were acting in confidence as well. Um, yeah, it was very know, elaborate. So it was very elaborate. And certainly the credit union were, were kind and helpful about it, but... Yes, so so that's uh, that's the kind of gist of it. Okay. Um, How is she? Uh, I feel that she's been very impacted by it. I really do. I was actually quite shocked. Um, I think just when you're older and you get a shock, I don't think your system manages it quite as quickly or as easily as you would when you're younger. Yeah. So um, I am actually quite concerned. Okay. Um, but you know she has been very resilient in the past, so I'm sure she will she'll bounce back eventually. You know, fingers crossed. Um, and uh, I've set up a trust to help her bounce back um, financially as well. So. Yeah. yeah, we're happy to mention that for you. It's called the Happy Granny, and we'll yeah, put, we'll put it on Twitter for you. Thank you very much. Thank so you very if, anyone, much. Really if anybody wants that. to, if anybody wants to help, they can. Uh, but it's it's a very nasty, very insidious, and like the experts all say, Fiona, all that happened was she was the one in a thousand attempts that picked up the phone. No harm to her. It looked good. It looked it it looked legit. 
Yes, and, and actually the, the predominant feeling for her was um, kind of guilt and shame that she'd been caught. You yeah. know, we tried to convince her that an awful lot yeah. of people are caught, you know, that, that yeah. uh, she isn't a fool or she isn't wrong to be trusting people and really trying to um, let her know that that's anybody. Let me tell you, you know, something you might want to relay back to her, or maybe she'd be listening to this, I don't know, is there are experts who set themselves up to be caught so that they know how this happens. Like, you can, you could you could catch the experts. Even the best in the business have been caught by these people. People who do mm-hmm. IT for a living have been yeah, caught well, by these people. I think it help her, helps her to know that because um, she did feel just so ashamed, you know? She know. really did feel so ashamed. And she shouldn't be. No, she, she really shouldn't. shouldn't be. Um, no, she shouldn't. You know? No, and that, that's the hard part. I mean, I've spoken to expert after expert on this program and the one thing they all say and you know what it, it comes up I see it coming up on forums oh another one caught another another, another fool caught and then what happens is the expert says ah 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 no absolutely not mm-hmm. human yeah. beings are caught because they're human beings and, and trusting you trust. know when you speak to another human being I mean I think fundamentally you want to trust yeah. and, and we should be able to it's, trust and we need to be able to trust in human kindness just have to be a bit careful about giving her details yeah. out, I guess well one of the um, best one of the best you know, in the business is a, is a corkman called Ronan Murphy and I remember the last time I spoke to Ronan on the opinion and he said the worst thing we can do when we go online is trust it's the simplest of human emotions Mm. The simplest and most basic of human emotions is trust. Online, there is no place for trust. There isn't, I guess. There's no place for trust. And you see, the thing is, if you suspect, you look for proof. And they have it down so well that they send you proof. You get a credit card from a legitimate organization. You get to look at your balance in... in, um, They even actually... They involve... I don't know how... What, how they did it all, but they somehow managed to transfer money from other people into her account and then tell these other people that she was working with them um, so that when their money disappeared as well, they went looking to her by email oh to no. find their money. Oh no, so, so there's more people involved. There's more people. It sounds like um, an incredible, like a chain of somehow moving yeah, cash. They, yeah, they used her trust they, they they used her trust to get into other people's trust. Yeah, and and they they basically those people then had to speak to the guardian to know that she hadn't scammed them. Oh, the um, poor and she woman must to, be distraught. It's kind of scary, isn't it? It's kind of scary because you just don't know what's going to come next because it is identity theft as well. Like they do have her exactly her documents. Do you know? That's exactly what it is. Um, and that that is a bit uh, unnerving for anyone to think that someone else has their documents who they who they can't trust. Um, but yeah. uh, we're all going to look after her. So good, good. She's you know. All right, uh, all right. Well, give her my regards. I'm, I'm I'm please tell her like that. You know, expert after expert after expert has come on shows like mine and others and said no, it's not your fault. You were caught. That's what they do. Well, I will do. I definitely will do. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about this, and I hope nobody else gets caught. Indeed, (laughs) indeed, indeed, indeed. Fiona, thank you. 
And Thank my, you very much, PJ. Okay. It's insidious, it's nasty, it's deliberate, but it is not your fault. If you get caught by one of these people, it is not your fault. That's what they do. And all of the experts have said all they need is one person a day to pick up the phone or answer the email or click on the link. It's, it's a bit like people coming to my front door a few years ago and I probably come across like an awful pain in the arse on the front door but people come looking to sell me everything from a line in a charity raffle to an electricity bill change and stuff and I just say no I buy nothing on the on the doorstep if my mother came to the doorstep God bless her if my mother came to the doorstep selling lines for the lifeboats I wouldn't buy not on the doorstep and it's the same with anybody and I think online you have to get that ruthless about it don't buy online unless you know exactly who you're buying from don't give anybody access to your information online unless you know who they are if your brother contacts you online and says can you lend me a tenner find another way to prove it's him Simple as 0818 96 96 96. Quartz 96 FM wants to fill your Christmas with fun and play. The 10K toy giveaway is on. Got a pocket full of cash we can blow. We're giving away loads of 500 euro toy shopping sprees for free. Listen to Quartz 96 FM all day long. Go cash, go cash. Cash. For your chance to text or WhatsApp in to win. To win. Quartz 96 FM's 10K toy giveaway. Listen and win every day. Only on Quartz 96 FM. Tom was on to us on Friday. Was it Friday or Thursday? Friday. And he was saying that the tunnel had gotten so much easier to go through. Tom just sent us another voice message. Thursday, Friday, and today we've just drove through the tunnel going to Little Island. It's been fantastic. Hope it stays like that. Good man, Tom. Mind you, I know that voice, Tom. If you're winding me up, Tom, I'll be on your house, Tom. Your name came up, Tom, Saturday night uh, when I was out socially, and I won't say where and I won't say with whom, but you were remembered in dispatches at a birthday party. 0818 96 96 96. Kate says it's a pity there isn't a rule that all these lines and emails are traceable. You'd think about the whole setup is begging for scamming to happen. You see, Kate, they'll tell you a hundred times and a hundred and one times and two times even. Your bank will never call you. Your bank will never email you. Your bank will never text you. Your bank might call you, but it'll never email you and never ever text you. You'll never get a text from your bank. Uh, but people get texts all day, every day. I got one only recently. Um, very legitimate looking. Really, really legitimate looking. Um, telling me that there'd been a massive withdrawal of my permanent TSB account. And could I contact them immediately? I don't have a permanent TSB account. That was the only trigger for me. But somebody might just ring and give them the details. So it's, it's, it's out there, Kate. 0818 96 96 96. Now, this particular make of car, uh, I talked a couple of weeks ago to a woman whose Toyota Vitz was stolen. And Martha, your mum's car, also a Toyota Vitz stolen as well this weekend. Good morning. Morning. How are you? 
Aye. What happened? Um, so I got up yesterday morning, looked out the door and noticed there was no car there. And I was like, that's very unusual. She'd never leave. She doesn't like driving in the dark and she'd never leave the house. So, you know, what I was telling me. And so I saw the keys then on the key stand and ran up the stairs. Uh, She was still in bed. So I rang my husband um, because he was down in West Cork and he um, looked at the cameras and you could see the car being uh, broken into and hot wired Mm. and just driven off. Now they pulled up in a similar car. So um, I feel that, you know, that car was robbed as well. Yeah. And the, the guards, when they came to the door, they knew the make of the car and everything. Yeah. They said that those cars had been targeted just for fun, for young people. Yeah, they're Japanese imports and they don't have an anti-theft circuit in them. So yeah. they're easy to hotwire. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're wondering, will that affect her insurance or... You know, we didn't know that this thing wasn't in the car when she purchased I think it. Most people don't, to be honest, Martha. Most people don't. Yeah, it was Vika I was talking to just at the end of October. Her car was taken. And did she get it back? No, they burnt it out. Oh. Now the insurance will cover it, all right. Yeah. Um, but 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 she'll be waiting a while, you know. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, that's yeah. another thing. Like, I don't drive, and my children's school is very far away. From our house, yeah. and it was my mother used to do the collections. She for lives us. with you, does she, Martha? She does, yeah. She lives with us. Yeah. How is she? She's very shook. Uh, you know, we've had an awful lot of trauma in our family in the last while. Like my sister died last Christmas, so oh, I'm sorry. so she's you know she just feels like it's one more blow, you know. I know, and it's hard enough now coming up to the first Christmas without your sister to have this happen. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, so, well, it is what it is, you know. Just I just felt like letting you know, yeah. to try and help other people. And you're right, the guards were saying, after I was talking to Vika, the guards did say that these little cars, they're very popular, uh, little car, but they they come from Japan, and for some reason... The Japanese don't put these things into their own cars. Um, there's, yeah. a, there's a guy called Bob Bob Flavin. He's a motoring expert on TikTok, and he's been on the show with me a couple of times. And he said they're great little cars, fabulous little cars. But for some reason, there is no car theft worth talking about in Japan. So they don't come preloaded, as it were. Yeah. With, with that kind of software, what what they recommend, the guards recommend, is that anybody who has one of these cars. I don't know if it's being a particularly uh, popular one. Is go to a motor factor shop and spend twenty, thirty quid on an old-fashioned crook lock. Yeah, if only. And like years ago, she would have always used one of those locks. Would she? Yeah. yeah. But everything is hindsight, you know. I know they haven't found the car, have they? No. No, no. And we had, a, you know, a little kind of look around yesterday ourselves and stuff and. Yeah. yeah, we didn't see anything like. I, I didn't get. If you, you don't have to give me, as the man said, you don't have to give me your exact address. But what part of the city are you in? Uh, Gary Duff in Rochester. Oh right, okay, 
Okay, not no. far, from, not far from where I am myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's awful. So, yeah. yeah, it's I, I, the guards are doing their best, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, they like would leave, give all units, you know, the registration and stuff. But listening to you earlier, there's a lot more important things for the guards to be doing well, now at the do moment. You know, do you know what it is now? Do you know what it is now, Martha? And people say that, and it's always very kind when they say that. But at the end of the day, that's what happened to your mother. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing happened in her world in a, in a while. Obviously, the death of your sister, Les, but you're just saying that's the biggest thing in her world right now, which makes it the biggest thing in your world right now. Yeah. And the, and the guards understand that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, they were very nice and, you know, I couldn't fault them whatsoever. Yeah. Very professional and stuff when they came to the door, like, and... Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, listen, pass on our regards to her with Martha and hopefully the car will turn up. Uh, unfortunately, that's probably hoping against hope, but we'll see. Thank you, Martha. 0818969696. My daughter had exactly the same thing happen to her twice. The first one was taken and burnt out. She loved the car so much, she got the same one as a replacement. They broke into it in the drive and tried to get away, but they made sugar of it because she had the steering lock on. The damage was so bad, though, she had to claim off the insurance anyway. I don't know what the answer is. Lately, now, she'll only park the car if I park my car in front of it. I think the only way out of this is to make the parents of joyriders pay. There was an old trick, and I'm going back a long time now, to my first car, uh, which was an old Ford Fiesta. God, I loved that car. But it's not everybody can do it, but there was a guy I met one time and he was a, an auto electrician, and he was a relative of a relative of a relative, and he spent loads and loads of years in Australia. And I happened to be staying in my relative's house for a week up the country, and he said to me, do you have an anti-theft in that car? And I said, I use a crook. And he got into the wiring of the car, and he put a switch in the boot, in the boot so that when I would get out of the car... I would open the boot and he'd hidden it under the car, but I would flick the switch. And Godner man couldn't start the car. Uh, it was a very rudimentary, rude kind of a device. But at the time, I was doing some work as a DJ. So it was very handy for me to be able to get out of my car and lift up the carpet and flick this little switch that he'd hidden in a crevice where only I could found, find. Godner man couldn't start the car without that switch being flicked. Now that's a while ago. God, that's a long time ago. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. On Friday, we were talking to people, creche owners, uh, who gathered in the pouring rain at City Hall it was a, a, to protest about the state of childcare and the, and the lack of investment in childcare. Mela, you were there, were you? Good morning. I was. How are you, PJ? I was. Um, it was a in horrible <laughs> day to be out. My God. I know. I started off here in Mitchellstown and I was like, oh, no, what am I going up to? <laughs> but look, it was so worth it, you know. Um, unfortunately, as I said, I was driving up and I was nearly getting upset at the thought, you know, that why do I have to be going up here to do this? It's so wrong, you know. Um, and along with myself and the over 100 people that turned up on the day, you know, I mean, obviously, we have a reason to do this. We would not be just going out in the rain and standing in the rain um, and, you know, staying out for schools, um, you know, uh, just for no reason. You know, um, and this is what's, 
you know, frustrating us all, I think, is, you know, we have a minister who's saying that it's unwarranted. We have been working with these children. Like, I'm running my service over 18 years. I'm working with children 20 plus years. I would not be taking these actions unless I felt I had to. Um, As I said, I've never before in the 18 years I've been running my school have I had to look and go... This isn't financially viable. I, I don't know if I can keep doing this, you know. And the amount of people I spoke to, you know, small services like myself, I don't have a question. Two sessions a day, ECCE. Um, I've options of bringing funding in, you so know. Um, for a service that time. is in such demand up and down yeah. the country to be yeah. Yeah. not financially viable. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. No. And I think what, what, what your umbrella group is saying, Mela, is the minister is right when he says they're spending a lot of money. The problem yeah. is they're not spending it in the right place. No, no. And I mean, what he turned around and he said um, on Friday, like he hit it well, well spilled, if you like, you know. But he said that, you know, we put in this amount um, and um, we've added this amount. But what he's not saying is that that funding was taken, what he had initially put in was taken back and has been split. And that plus that 13 extra million he had put in has been split over all services and all rooms, you know, if if you understand what I mean. So like in a creche, you're going to have, you know, your baby room, you're going to have your toddler room, you're going to have your ECCE room, you're going to have your after school. So what money they have put in has been split over all of these rooms now instead of just, you know, what we were initially getting. So he gave it back, but he's given back less. Yeah, someone someone made a very interesting analogy to me off air over the weekend, Mella, and said this is a bit like having a leak in your bathroom yes. Yes. and the government gives you money to tile your kitchen yeah, yeah, and says exactly. it's all going into the same yeah. house. I yeah. thought it was a fabulous analogy. Yeah, it's a really good analogy and that's exactly what it is. He's putting it right. It's all going into a pot yeah. but that pot is being split over a lot more than what it was initially being split over. So which, you can't you know, spend I mean, on what it's needed no, for. No, you know, no. So I mean the thing is, right, see this money is coming in but it's it's been split and I've no, you know what I mean, it's dead right that all these people should be getting the proper funding because, you know, they asked us to go back and they have asked us to, you know, to upscale and upgrade in our, you know, our, our degree level in this, um, our qualifications. And he's asked us to do that. We have gone and done that, you know, while we're working, the majority of people, and we've gone and done that. And now what's happening is he's turning around, they're turning around and they're saying, right, we give you this much money, but only for one member of staff in that room. So if you have two degree-led people or degree people in your room, degree-qualified people in your room, only one of those people is eligible for that core funding. That's you know? insane. And that's crazy because how are you as an employer? You're creating a division in your workforce. You're creating a division in your workforce. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, how are we supposed to make that, you know, that call? It's not fair. Yeah. Whether anything will change, only time will tell. Thank you, Mella. Uh, that's uh, Mella Finn from Mitchellstown. It's It's... I thought it was a brilliant analogy. So you have a leak in the bathroom and the government gives you money but you can only spend that on tiling the kitchen. So it it makes... Actually, speaking of protests, I was out Saturday night, as I said, and I met an old, old, old friend of mine from way back who is a teacher in St. Vincent's and I had no idea that Jar was teaching in St. Vincent's and she came up to me and she said... Thank you. And I said, for what? She said, for making so much noise about St. Vincent's. And I said, did anyone expect it to be such a flip where the nuns just said, no, 
that amalgamation is not going ahead now. She said they had no idea. The most they were hoping for was maybe a year or a year and a half or two years to put it off so they could, you know, prepare for it. They never expect it to be completely flipped and put the plug pulled on it. But I had no idea. This friend of mine go back to college days that she was teaching up there. She said they were jumping for joy when they got the the the, uh, the statement. They had absolutely no idea it was coming. She said it was like it was like winning the lotto up in St Vincent's last week. And you know what? I was delighted to hear it. Join Casey and Ross in the morning on Cork's 96FM from 6am. All this week, we've teamed up with Magical Blarney, Cork's favourite Santa experience in Blarney Woolen Mills, to give you a money-can't-buy experience. We've got a family pass to see Santa on his arrival night, Saturday the 26th of November, in Blarney Woolen Mills. Plus, one family will lead the countdown and turn on their Christmas lights and be the very first to meet Santa that night. Stay listening weekday mornings from 6 for your chance to win with Magical Blarney on Cork's 96FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 9696 96 Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96 Email opinion at 96fm.ie The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, such a busy morning we got already. Uh, we will have a chance for you to take part in the 10k toy giveaway before 11 o'clock today you're listening out for a very special cue to call you'll know it when you hear it when you do text to whatsapp 083 396 96 we'll put somebody on the air we'll ask him a question and if you get the answer right then you're in to the draw and Lorraine will have two 500 euro vouchers for Smith's Toys to give away this evening. Two of them every day this week. And we have, we will draw a qualifier this morning. Between now and 11, the 10K toy giveaway is back on Cork's 96 FM. 0818 96 96 96, the number. Text or WhatsApp or voice messages to 083 396 and the email is opinion at 96fm.ie talking to Mela before 10 about the early childhood providers protest which took place on Friday in appalling weather uh, down the steps of the city hall and then I was telling you about my friend who came up to me who's a teacher in St Vincent's and was so delighted with the fact that we'd given a voice to the people the families of St Vincent's and when the whole thing was overturned Last week, they just had no idea that it was going to get completely overturned and they were saying very much a victory for people power. The people power took the streets on Saturday afternoon. 500 people. That was a conservative estimate for turned up at the cost of living protest. Valerie Conlon, you were there. Morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. What was the, what was the mood like? Um, I suppose people are still don't know what's happening. So the people that were there were out there for a reason. They wanted they're there and are still not happy with what the government were doing. The best thing about it is that there's a, there was a lot of young people there. Yes. Yeah, so it just shows how strongly the young or young are feeling about this. Yes, yes, yes. They feel very hard done by in the They in are the exactly listening to the students and you know, they're not happy. Mm. Mm. I was looking at some of the video that that came from it. Uh, like who did you meet there now, Valerie? Like what what cross section of people were there? 
Well, I suppose I was standing next to a person that would have been around the same age as myself. That the two of us, when we got outside the GPO, we said if we sat down, we'd never get back up again. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was listening to a group of students and just to hear them talking about how hard that they're finding it. Yeah. You know, so like it was, it was actually very mixed, very, very mixed group. Yes. Was there a sense that the, the protests, and I think it was something like 20 of them around the country Saturday, including quite a big one as well in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a sense that something can be achieved from the protesting? Well, you know what it is, if something needs to be achieved rather than, you know, a sense of it, simply because, like, people don't realise yet, OK, they're after getting their first €200 Euro credit. Mm. Um, my bill in October for my electricity was over €200. Euro. Yeah. That's not including my gas. Yes. You know, so and so my gas does my heating. So people actually, I don't think, understand yet how hard it's actually going to be. Yeah. Um, tax credits for the, 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 the medium pay, my pay, we're only going to be getting about €150 Euro tax credit. So that's yeah. not going to buy my milk and bread every week. And that doesn't come until January anyway. And that doesn't come until January. So it's not really going to, I don't think it's going to kick into people until January how hard it's actually going to get. And I think then people will realise that, well, yeah, the government have to do something. They have to do it now. Like the 200 quid that goes on to your lecky bill, that's 183 when you get it. Uh, Because for some inexplicable reason, we have to take that on something the government has given us. And it's actually lining the energy companies. Yeah, I've heard that said. (laughs) Like It does. I mean, in fairness, you're... Basically, what they're doing is they're they're paying the ESB yeah. on, on your behalf with 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 taxpayers' money. But when I exactly. when I put it to the government to Michael McGrath, uh, you know that that's what they were. Well, he said the other alternative that people are talking for calling but cap on bills, and he said, well, in 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 accounting terms, you can be certain of how much you're spending on these credits. You've no idea how much you'd have to spend on capping bills. Would you go along with that? Would you agree with that? You see, okay, so there's the capping. They're, they're saying the capping won't work. But if well, they no, they're, they're maximum, saying it's too expensive. Yeah, if they put a maximum capping on it, like they, like um, Mick Barry said on Saturday, they put a minimum on alcohol. They did, They yeah. can put a maximum on our energy bills. And interestingly enough, there is a piece of legislation there from, I think it could go back as far as 2007, where certain essential items can be the subject of maximum pricing orders. It's there in legislation. Yeah, and they just won't do it. And at the end of the day, like, the government is going to be swapping in December. Yeah. They're not doing themselves any favours, and there will be an election coming up. Yeah, probably not until about... Uh, this. One thing for sure, Valerie, and I'm, this is my kind of political geeks hat, hat on for a second. They will cling on by the last fingernail they have until the last day that they have to go to the country. They'll hold that's on. That's if they have a choice. Hmm? That's if they have a choice. People are starting to Be- realise. Between the three of them, you know? they'll always have the numbers, yeah. you see. Yeah. They'll always have the I mean, anyone, and anyone who's telling you that there'll be a snap election in 2023 is either lying to you or they've information the rest of us don't. Don't have. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, these protests are like, we're having a mercifully mild November. 
Okay, it's yeah. horribly wet, but we're having a yeah. mercifully mild November, and we. It's it's not cold. I mean, at home we say right. We put the heating on. No, it's not cold. Throw on another jumper. Yeah. You know, but yeah. we are going to get some very cold weeks. Yeah, and that's when you start using heavy heavy amounts of gas. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like the not a, not an awful lot of people would have electricity um, heating their homes. It's going to be gas. So when they like okay, they're going to have their two hundred euro towards their electricity, but the gas is going to be double that. Yeah. You know. It you is. your home, it's going to be double that. Yeah, yeah. You used to, I, I thought at the start of it they, got, they gave people, I could be wrong here, Fergal will tell me if I am. I thought at the start you had a choice whether you put this credit on your gas or your electricity. Well, I know I wasn't given a choice. It was automatically put on, put on, the electricity. on my electricity. Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Okay, it went, it went on mine as well. Yeah. Now, now that you mention it. Yeah. Um, but I know that in the winter time. My, my electricity use is fairly constant all year round, but my, in in the winter time, it's my gas that goes through the roof. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it like so people will say we we'll go alternative, we go by coal, we go, but that's gone up a strong You know what I mean? Coal is, I think somebody said forty five euro yeah. a bag now for coal. So how can people seriously? And a bag of coal is only going to last them a week, if that. And that's out of a pension or out of you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, coal has gone an awful price. I, I, yeah. Someone told me recently who's still using coal how much it was gone up to. Mother of God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot of. I was talking talking to to Paddy O'Brien last weekend. I met him at an as, as an event, and we were chatting about that. He said the, the, the people, the, the fear among elderly people. Yeah. You know? it's, yeah, I know it's awful. Like, um, and look at my own father-in-law, and you worry about them, like, yeah. you know. I guess there are those who would say Valerie as well and look you and I have we're like chatting like two old friends here because we are kind of two yes. old friends at this stage yes. but like there, there are those who would look at the economics of the situation and look at the books and say you've always got to come back to the books the books have to balance you've got to you've got to mind the money as well you can't just there is no magic money tree there is no magic slush fund there what we have we have and what we have we have to hold for for the unknown you have to mm-hmm. put that hat on as well and try and balance out the two, don't you? Yeah, and I agree with you. And that's why they should be sitting down with the energy companies at this stage yes. and talking to them. Because they can't keep... I, I understand that. And the monies have to be there uh, to cover other things in life. Yes. And um, so like, they should be sitting down with energy companies and saying, well, no, this has to stop. Then they're making the profits. I'm not making a profit. You're not making a profit. Yeah. They're making the profits. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a bit you know? about how. Uh, mine recently had an idea. Now, a, a couple of points had been had when he was trying to explain it to me. So mm-hmm. it didn't. It went in one ear and out the other. But he was saying if they, if they were to nationalise the energy, not the energy companies, but the energy that goes into the grid, yeah. you could control it that way. But. Yeah. Hard to it's been know. a long time down the road if yeah. it, uh, that will happen, yeah. Valerie, always good to catch up with you. Thank you very much, Valerie Conlon. About 500 to 1,000 people Saturday afternoon. Were you there? Uh, what did you think of it? Do you think that if enough people go out, enough Saturdays, that something will, will happen? 
I, I'm old enough to remember, I didn't march in them, I was too young for that, but I, I remember old enough to remember the, the tax marches and, and, the, and the kickbacks against, against huge, huge tax rates in the seven, late 70s, early 80s. And it worked, but it was painful. 0818 96 96 96. Quick one for you. Uh, Cork Simon, we're getting together with them again to fight homelessness in Cork this Christmas. We're having our Christmas jumpers to raise vital funds. Now, you can have your Christmas jumper day any place, anytime, anywhere. Do it at home, at school, at work. Do it online. Have a Zoom. Remember them? Is anyone doing that anymore? Have a Zoom and wear your Christmas jumper. Nobody wants their child to grow up to be homeless on Christmas Day. And if you host a Cork Simon Christmas Jumper Day, well, you'll help You'll help to ensure that doesn't happen. It's more than a gift. It's it's something special. So you can get a fundraising pack at CorkSimon.ie and then work with us here at Cork's 96FM to help fight homelessness in Cork. PJ Coogan on the Opinion Line. Silver winner. Silver winner. Best news story at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Corks 96 FM. Staying with the the cost of living crisis and the energy crisis and the fact that all the bills are going up and yes, we'll get this credit from the government this month. Uh, You'll get the 183 as opposed to 200 dropped into your electricity bill from the government. And yes, it's going straight back into the pocket of the energy providers, but at least I suppose it's not coming out of your pocket here and now. It's a help. It's something. Um, if you're already in arrears, it just tops up your, it just clears your arrears. But you know where you're going. But bills are going up. The cost of food is going up. The cost of clothing is going up. The cost of every, pretty much every essential item we have is going up at the moment. And it can't but affect mental health. Uh, down at Lichine's house in Skibbereen uh, is Noreen Murphy. And more, Noreen, b- before we chat, congratulations on your your win at the Gala Inspirational Awards. Well done. Oh, thank you, PJ. Good morning. Um, look, I was honoured to receive the award because there was many worthy um, winners throughout the 26 counties that all do invaluable work in their community. So, I mean, I was I was honoured to receive the award, yes. Yeah. Inspirational Person of the Year and indeed very richly deserved. Noreen, the kind of things that we're seeing with the energy crisis, I, I, I would imagine that if... If your if your mental health is any way delicate at all, yes, I you know any time that there's extra pressure put on a person, especially people who may suffer with their mental health already, but could enter into a mental health crisis also due to pressure that they they may come under, um, and it may not be the case that they'd suffered prior. But there's there's always the you know. The breaking point can come for any person, no matter what time in their life or what they're going through, particularly the financial crises that are facing people at the moment. Um, you know, the increased cost of ESB and the, the electricity suppliers and the, you know, farm feeds and, you know, everything and everything has gone up, really. And it's affecting local businesses, which will affect um work yeah. and it will affect the income that people will have before Christmas. 
Um, so hopefully that people will be able to ride the storm and continue on to the new year and hopefully things will look better and brighter for people. But it certainly is a struggle for many people um, who are on the breadline already to be able to maintain their positive mental health and cope in these times of crisis. Yeah, you're speaking in particular about young mums and as well as the cost of living, the housing crisis, that's what's really triggering them massive the housing crisis is absolutely it's 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 a minefield i mean i personally know people who are sleeping on people's settees young mothers with a child only for the help of their friends and work colleagues who are supporting them throughout and these people have to be commended who are opening their doors and these are to their fellow work colleagues who have been renting but due to the landlords being under pressures financially and also with taxes they've decided to come out of the rental markets and I know several people that were left homeless with children and the generosity of their workmates they're staying and residing with them so without these people in our community we would be lost because there's an awful awful lot of good be done by many people in the communities mm. that are low-key and, you know, they're not looking for anything. They're just helping their friend or their work colleague or neighbour in their time of need. It's yeah. crazy. I mean, they really do need to build more houses. Yes, yeah. You know? Building building more houses and, and maybe opening up the ones that are boarded up. Exactly. I mean, it is a massive, massive problem and I don't know where the solution is going to come from. It really has to come from the, the government. And I suppose people will have to campaign more and shout louder. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's difficult, and it's difficult when you're under pressure every day just to survive, to be yeah. able to shout louder and fight, because you're just relying on the generosity of people and your own personal, physical, and mental strength to keep going. Can't imagine what it must be like to have a couple of smallies who are hungry because you can't afford to feed them, who are tired because they're not getting a proper night's sleep, and mm-hmm. now you've got to try and find a new home on top of all of that. That'd melt yeah. your head. Yeah, and people are on the housing list for so long and they're ringing the offices every morning and they're getting told the same answer, well, we've nothing for you today. You know, I mean, it's it's crazy. I don't know when it's going to end or how it's going to be resolved, but, I mean, they have to fend for people. It's a basic human right to have a roof over your head for your for yourself and your children. And even single men are suffering, people who are separated. Yes. I mean, they, they can't find places to live. They have to go into shared accommodation if they're lucky enough to find it. Yes. And the cost of it is absolutely out of this world. It is. Farmers struggling, and I've had a couple of messages over the last mm-hmm. week or two asking me to talk about farmers they okay. are struggling big time oh yeah so the farming community you know long ago when I was growing up we had the local creamery where people used to bring their milk every week every morning um, seven mornings a week to be taken in at the local creamery all these meeting hubs are gone and you know, it has a huge effect on the mental health of farmers not meeting up every day. It can be a very isolating and lonely and challenging work environment because it can be very, very isolating because you tend to work on your own. And of course, the cost of feed, the cost of electricity is affecting farmers in a massive, massive way. And I mean, we need to keep the local communities you know, open. We need to keep places open that 
people can go to to meet up for men and women because rural isolation is a massive problem. And you must remember a lot of the young people that have left school, they've gone to university, the farmers' children, and they've all immigrated. So the workload on the farmer that's left at home, he's an older generation, is left to carry the can. And financially, how can he hire somebody to give him a hand? So actually, the older they've got, the longer hours they're working on their own. Yeah, yeah, and and trying to trying to cope with smaller incomes and yes. more work and trying exactly. to, trying to heat. You make a point. Trying to heat animals in winter time to keep them oh, warm. Yeah. Very costly. These infrared lamps cost a fortune. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, and they're necessary. And as coming from a farming community and background, I mean, your your priority is to save an animal's life. Nobody wants to see an animal die of cold or hunger. I mean, looking after animals is a commitment and it's 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 a lifestyle and it's like, you know, if you love animals, I mean it's 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 within your it's your heart and soul and your nature to protect and to nourish and mm. to see them flourish, you know. You mentioned young people in particular as well and it, with them, with them, I suppose that's they do most of their living on social media these days, yeah. and and social media can be it can be great, but it can be horrible. Yes, and it can be very addictive, and it can be a lot of time. It can be very good information, great information, ways to hook up, but it can also lead to a lot of issues like addiction issues. People are glued to their phones, which is affecting their sleep patterns, thus affects their mental health and their ability to cope throughout their their day, even studying time, yeah. everything, their ability to retain information. So, where's good, there's bad, but there has to be a happy medium, uh, you know, in place. But of course, due to COVID. Everything was online. So I think that... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze... Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. ...to more and more screen time for young people when they weren't meeting up when they were unable to meet up and when there wasn't any social events going on. So it has been a particularly challenging time for young people and then to get back into school and back into society and put down the phone. It's like we're all guilty of it. Yes. Mm. How much, Noreen, in your work um, has this come up? And I've mentioned it here before, like we had two and a half years, damn near three years of Mm. covid and we, we learned we learned to deal as best we could. And then just as COVID 
began to vanish for most of us anyway that are lucky enough to have good health when it began to vanish into the rearview mirror for the most part then we were faced with with this cost of living crisis caused mm-hmm. by a war which has nothing to do with us yeah um, yeah like it's a double whammy for people it is, yeah. It is, yeah. We were just coming out of the COVID and people were trying to get back into their normal lives and normal routine and doing normal things. And then this this happens with this, the war. And as you say, it has nothing to do with us, but it has affected us. And we've put our hands out to help people, which is what Irish people do. That's what we're noted for. And I mean, then we're left with this financial crisis, which is affecting industries and it's affecting business. And, you know, that's, it affects everything then, um, the spending power of people. Um, and we do, we have an increase in number of calls, particularly from parents of young people where their child is suffering from anxiety, um, you know, having nightmares. They didn't cope very well, even primary school children, when they weren't able to meet up with their friends and stuff. And, you know, I, we have we have noticed an increased marked number of calls from from parents of particularly teenage years. And, you know, rural isolation, even in you're living in a, in a city, you can be very lonely because COVID affected everybody, no matter where you lived. Yes, it did. Noreen, can we... If someone wants to contact Lachine's house... Yes, we have a helpline number. It's 023-8888888. It's 023 and 78. And, um, you know, anyone who's looking for help, they can look us up on our website. It's lachine'shouse.ie. And, you know, there'll be somebody there to guide them in the right direction. All right. Okay, listen, uh, thank you very much. I'm going to cut this short, Noreen, because I I, I just want to... And while while you're there, you might have some thoughts. We've just heard some desperately, desperately sad news. Oh, dear. News we knew was coming, I think, but the death has been announced this morning of Vicky Phelan. Oh, dear, I'm so sorry to hear that. I hadn't heard that because I'm at work. Yeah. Well, that's very, very sad. She was, she was something special, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. I was sympathies to Vicky and her and her family. It's a this tragic time. Yeah. yeah, she was a special lady and she campaigned and she fought hard and, you know, she she's a brilliant woman. What else can you say? She was an inspiration to us all throughout the country and throughout the world. She was indeed. Thank you very much. Uh, Noreen Murphy from Lachine's house in Skibbereen. Yes, just confirmed in the last few minutes. We heard it about a half an hour ago. We're trying to confirm it. It has just been confirmed that the cervical cancer campaigner, Vicky Phelan, has died. Her last interview on this show was at Christmas 2019. And I'll let you hear a little bit of that next. 0818. 96, 96, 96. Access all areas on Cork's 96 FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with the latest on Cork's entertainment. This year's Opera House Christmas concert performance on December 12th will feature the Cork Opera House Concert Orchestra conducted by John O'Brien and will be hosted by Ellen Cranich. Joining them will be three soloists from the world of opera and jazz, Kim Sheehan, Simon Morgan and Karen Underwood, spoken word from Aideen O'Donoghue and guest artist Rowan. Access all areas.
John Spillane and friends are set to perform at John's annual Christmas concert taking place on Sunday 18th of December at the Everyman Theatre. Now in its 25th year, John's Christmas concert has become an institution on the Cork Live calendar with tickets on sale from the Everyman box office. Access all areas. If you have a gig, show or exhibition coming up in Cork in the coming weeks, drop us a line here at Access All Areas. You can reach us on AAA at 96fm.ie. Access All Areas. Your guide to nightlife on side. On Cork's 96FM. My family, my friends and my supporters who supported my decision to take this case at a time when I really should be concentrating on my health. I would not have been able to do this without you. There are no winners here today. I am terminally ill and there is no cure for my cancer. My settlement will mostly be spent on buying me time and on paying for clinical trials to keep me alive and to allow me to spend more time with my children. If I die, and I truly hope that won't be the case, the money will provide for my family. That's April 25th, 2018. I think it was the first time we publicly heard the voice of Vicky Phelan. And the news has broken in the last half an hour or so that Vicky has passed away. Uh, she was remarkable bit of stuff. I had the pleasure of interviewing her a number of times. She was always fun. She could be very funny to, to, to talk to. Even when she was talking about really serious, really heavy things, she could be really funny. And full of life and full of vim and vigor and boldness and brash. And she doesn't care. She didn't care who she upset. She didn't care who she bothered and the powers that be. She was just fighting and fighting and fighting. The last significant appearance she made on the opinion line was 2019. On Christmas Eve, actually, of 2019. And we were having a Christmas catch up with her. Um, at the end of what had been an eventful year and the cervical check controversy, scandal, call it what you will, had dominated the news for much of 2019. Uh, but Vicky, at, at that point, was in reasonably good health. So we, we caught up with her uh, for the Christmas Eve show in 2019. It's a little bit of that. I pick and choose my battles, really, at this stage because I can't get uh, get involved in everything because, you know, and in fairness, Stephen Teep and Lorraine Walsh, you know, the two other patient advocates, they're very respectful of that. They know, you know, they're able-bodied, they're healthy, you know, they're, they're, they're not trying to fight a disease as well like I am. So, you know, they don't expect me to kind of weigh in on everything. And I don't because, you know, I have to watch my health and I have to try not to get too stressed, really, because, it's, unfortunately, the nature of what we're dealing with, you know, oftentimes... You know, you're, you're having to fight things or to, to fight for answers, and that I'm the type of person that that would stress me out. You know, so uh, and uh, you know, I, I really have to choose my battles very, very carefully. So you know, next year I'm not going to do as much. I've kind of made a conscious decision that I need to start pulling back a lot more because the reality is, PJ, like the drug I'm on, I will be coming off it in April. I'll be on it two years at that stage, and after that. You know, they take you off the drug for three months, see how your body uh, copes. I see. Uh, and because I haven't had any shrinkage in over a year, the chances are it will probably start growing back. So I need to start looking yeah. at um, alternatives, which I already have. Are you so, scared about uh, that, Vicky? Yeah. So I have a clinical trial back uh, lined up over in the States. But, you know, I mean, ideally I'd like not to have to go because, you know, it's up in sticks and moving to America um, and my daughter's a teenager, so, you know, I don't want to be moving her. 
So I'll probably just go over on my own and come over and back and have family visit me, really, you know. But yeah. I, if I have to do it, I'll do it, PJ. You know, if it gives me another year or two, that's, that's, that's what I'll have to do. So next year, really, for me, is focusing on my health and trying to trying to figure out, you know, what I can do to keep me here for another while. That was Christmas of 2019. We, we, we spoke a number of times. I, I never had the privilege of actually meeting Vicky, but we spoke a number of times on the programme. And we used to correspond by Twitter when she was more active on Twitter. And uh, she was only 48. You know, such a young woman. Two kids, native of Anacotti in County Limerick. Fame she never wanted. She never wanted to be famous. She never wanted to be a celebrity, such as the word is often abused. But um, there are kind of are not very, very many words except to say that the news has announced this morning that the wonderful, the wonderful Vicky Phelan has passed away at the age of 48. Um, one thing, her, her favourite band, well, she too, uh, the Blizzards and the Stunning, and she left instructions or has left instructions that both of their music was to be played at her funeral. And the Stunning are a particular favourite band of myself, going back to the, the good old days. And one thing she did, if she did nothing else, she brewed up a storm. And that's what she did. She brewed up some storm. And you'll be reading about her and seeing so many tributes to her in news over the next uh, 24 hours. If you've particular memories of her, if you ever got a chance to meet her, um, I know a lot of our local survival Czech campaigners and indeed people who were involved in it in a way they never wanted to be. I got to know her very well. I'm thinking in particular this morning of Stephen Teep and my thoughts with Stephen because I know they became quite quite close as friends. Um, and hopefully we get a chance to speak to Stephen about her. Uh, in the in the days to come, oh my God, I'm heartbroken. It was because of Vicky Phelan and so many other brave women that I became aware of cervical health. Honestly, she saved my life. I've now been going to colonoscopies or colposcopies, colposcopies rather, since 2019 at St Finbar's for constant biopsies and monitoring for abnormal cells and HPV. I would never have went for a smear when I was 25 only for these women. I'm now 29. I'm alive today to be a mammy to three boys because of their vigorous campaigning. Lindsay Bennett, only gone two weeks ago also. Such needless loss of beautiful lives. God rest their souls. She fought so, so hard. She was only 48. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking also of Emma Vikvahuna, who I spoke to a couple of times at the time. Uh, another Sarah. Sarah's on five, is it, lads? Okay, five. Sarah, morning. Hi, PJ. We knew it was coming. Such sad news, oh, though. Oh, yeah. That was actually that was actually my text, PJ, that you um you read out there. Um, and I like such a blow this morning because I'm actually getting emotional now. But I fully feel like um women like Vicky feeling um Emma that you just mentioned, Lindsay Bennett, um. I feel like there's so many women now here in Ireland today that are probably alive and going to be able to live long lives with their kids because of these women. Yes. Um, they just, you know, they fought so hard. Um, they campaigned so much. They brought so much awareness 
the cervical health to the cervical scandal um, probably a lot more than they should have had to do when they were sick. Like, like you, you weren't really, if you want, you didn't pay much attention until you heard Vicky's story. Is that what you said? Yeah, um, I suppose when it broke in 2018, um, I would have been maybe, you know, only, you know, in my early 20s and the last thing that would have been on my mind, being really honest with you, and I say a lot of girls are the same, would be to get a smear test. Um, I felt always fine. I was always healthy, so I never kind of felt like, oh, that's top of my list to do. And when it started coming out about, you know, these women and, you know, how how how, how badly it, it went for them through no fault of their own, I was thinking, you know, you know, we have to go. I, I need to go and get a smear test done. And luckily, when I got a smear test done, it had come back within weeks. I was lucky, you know, mine had come back within six weeks whether it was from the same laboratory as those women, I don't know, but I had come back that mine was showing up as abnormal and that they needed to do further investigation. So I was brought into colposcopy clinic then in St. here in Cork and through colposcopy, I've been linked in with them now since 2019. I'm back every six months. I can never be discharged at the moment. I haven't been able to be discharged to this point. I was only there again last week. Um, they have to keep doing biopsies because they're just seeing something and then when they're doing it under a microscope at the lab, it's not showing up as anything, but there, the, the colposcopists say that they can see something and the results show that there is abnormality there, but they can't find it on a microscope. But I do think that they're taking extra precautions now with women today. And I think that they're being, you know, really, really careful because of these women, such as Vicky Phelan, that, you know, it shouldn't have happened to them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I, you know, we have them to thank for it. And we always will. Do you know, know what, Sarah? In a way, I mean... <sighs> Vicky, Vicky inspired you to look at your own health and uh, you might not have known about these problems if... No, I wouldn't have. I, that's what I said in the when I was texting in first. I was saying, like, I would have never... I could have went into my 30s probably without even thinking, you know, I, I keep putting on the back burner, I'm not going to get a smear. I probably would have went into my 30s with these abnormal cells there that I would have never known about because I felt fine and would have never had checked. And luckily now... I'm here today and I have three beautiful sons and I'm I'm here for them and poor Vicky is unfortunately, you know, she's left behind two beautiful kids but she was a fantastic mother and um, she fought so hard so she should be so proud but um, yeah, I just wanted to say that she was a brilliant woman and um, I'm very grateful personally to her anyway for my story. Have you seen the film? Pardon? Have you seen the film about her? Um, I haven't, no. <laughs> It was out only recently. Uh, I wonder will they get get to show it on television anytime soon? Yeah. Now? Oh, I definitely give it a watch when it's on. Yeah, definitely. All right. Okay, Sarah. Thank you, and I'm I'm, I'm glad that your health is holding up now, yeah. and that God. Yeah, I'm doing fine now. So Good thank God. You. Thanks to Vicky. So may she rest in peace. Thinking of her family. Indeed, 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 indeed. And uh, I think that 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 call actually says so much about what she achieved. Remember, and remember this, they tried to stop her talking. They tried to buy her off. They wanted to offer a settlement with no uh, no comment or non-disclosure, whatever they call it. They tried to shut her up. She said, no, not having that. And she talked. And she talked to Ray Darcy, who was a close friend of hers. And she talked to anybody who would listen and to anybody who would speak about this. And that led to Emma speaking out. It led to some local people, local here, 
um, speaking out, Lorraine and families and Stephen about Irene and they all spoke out and she led, she led a revolution of people speaking out about women, an aspect of women's health for the first time ever. And now she's gone at 48 years of age. Vicky Phelan, in case you're wondering what I'm talking about, the news has broken this morning that Vicky Phelan has passed away at the age of just 48. Her favourite band was, was The Stunning and I make no apologies for playing a second song this morning. And the news, in case you've not heard it yet, the news has broken this morning that Vicky Phelan, the cervical check campaigner who started it all by refusing to be shut up and let us never forget that they wanted her to go away take the money and go away and she refused to do that and she started a revolution and she's passed away this morning at the age of just 48 and her thoughts are with everybody who knew and loved and got to know her over the last uh, number of years Text or WhatsApp now on 083-396-9696. For your chance to play our 10K toy giveaway. Got a pocket full of cash we can blow Corks 96 FM. The takeover. On Corks 96 FM. Weeknights from 7 on the big drive home. We give you the chance to take charge of our tunes. Join me, Lorraine, as you decide what songs we fire off. What we play. See our song list on 96FM Insta Stories with Sophie's Rooftop Restaurant at the Dean Quark. Serving lunch daily over breathtaking views. See sophies.ie. Turn up the music. On Cork's 96FM. It's one of those rare times where you just left without words. We kind of all knew it was coming. The word in recent times, if you talk to anyone who was close to her, the word in recent times was that she was just struggling day to day more and more um, and that it was expected that her time was near but then it comes this morning and we kind of don't know what to say 0818 96 96 96 we must continue to do other things though the 10k toy giveaway fill your Christmas with fun and play on Cork's 96 FM got a pocket full of cash we can blow up okay 10k toy giveaway kicked off this morning with Casey and Ross in the morning. You know the deal? You heard the cue to call? Laura? PJ, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, no. Not too bad at all. I have a question. Well, you could use this, I reckon. Okay. <laughs> I could I could definitely, definitely use it. Who do you have I, to, to sort out? I have three. I have Abby, she's 16, Molly's 13, and then is seven. You poor woman. So Does a shop I need to give you that voucher? Yeah. <laughs> Come here. The shop wouldn't be big enough, I'd say. <laughs> All right. Okay. Every little <laughs> Will you answer a question for me then? I'll try to. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is an A or B question. All right. It's an A or B question. You might need help. You might not. What popular Christmas movie 
stars Macaulay Culkin. Was it A, Home Alone, or B, Home with the Cousins? I'd say it's A, Home Alone. I'd say you're right. <laughs> Super brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of easy. Home Alone it was. I just yes. acknowledge the terribly sad, it feels kind of strange ringing in for competition when that sad news was coming so I just want to acknowledge that may she rest in peace. Thank you for doing that, Laura. Thank you very much. It, 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 yeah, you kind of have to move on with the business of the day, but she'll yeah. be in our thoughts, I think, for the rest of the day oh God, and the rest she of the week. For sure. She was she was special, very very special. She Laura, was thank you. You're into the draw this evening with Lorraine. There are two so two vouchers to be won every day, so we we might hear from you again uh, if if you win. Thank you, Laura. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. And yes, it it's it's difficult to continue with the business. Uh, of of the day but that we must do if you have anything to say uh, about Vicky Phelan if she struck you if you ever met her and were impressed by her if she struck you anywhere when she was interviewed here or interviewed any particular programme uh, we'd love to talk to you she read her own notes and discovered what had happened that's right that's right she found out what had happened when she read her own notes very sorry to hear this an unbelievably strong and brave woman hope her family find peace or yes anam. life sadly sometimes leaves us gasping for words music portrays our love respect for her soul rest in peace that's from Irene love your tribute love your tribute to Vicky Phelan on your show may she rest in peace that's from Nessie and many many more coming in and I know that Councillor Declan Hurley you're coming on to talk about another women's health issue which uh, has arisen in the last number of weeks and which we've talked a lot about on the programme and that's home birth but I know that before we talk about that you wanted to say your own words about uh, Vicky Phelan. Morning Declan. Good morning PJ. Yeah very, very sad day for, for everybody in Ireland. Look, we all know that the road Vicky has travelled uh, and we've all been there with her and even though personally I've never met her but I feel that I know her very well and that's because she's been just so outward and so open about her yeah. her um, her journey and we, we owe a great debt of gratitude. She's been so courageous and inspiring to everyone, uh, every woman across the country, obviously. And I think she, she got every last ounce of life that she could get out of life. She she fought with bitter end and for that we're grateful. And we, we remember her family this morning uh, and her friends uh, and, and everybody out there that are, that are in a similar situation and we hope that they get strength from Vicky's um, struggle uh, and hope that she's at peace this morning and her pain and suffering is, is over. She invited us to walk the road with her. A long, hard, difficult road. And we walked it with her. And the more we walked it, the more we loved her, I think. Absolutely. A beautiful person, a beautiful, beautiful human being. And look, today she's an angel in heaven looking down on us and hoping she'll help uh, all of the other women who are going through similar uh, similar situations. So okay. uh, may she rest in peace. Declan, on the subject of, of home births, um, you, we had the protest, was it yesterday week, at CUMH, and we were inundated with correspondence. I have pages that I never got to of correspondence about it, where the HSE has this new rule now that unless you live within 30 minutes by blue light from a hospital, you can't have a home birth. You, you wanted to weigh in on that and support the campaign to reverse that rule. I do, PJ. I, I think it's a, it's a backward step. Um, just to give background, myself and my wife, Catherine, had a home birth uh, two and a half years ago. Um, baby Conan was, was born here at home with us, and he was born into my arms. Um, and I think it, it's just a, a retrograde step from the, on, from a HSE perspective. 
we're living 45 minutes now from CUMH and this new um, regulation, if it's brought in, is going to preclude us from having any future home births here, here at home. And uh, I just want to come out in support of, of the, again, women again this morning, just I think they're being discriminated against because this choice uh, is being taken away from them. Um, they, they, they carry... Um, they, you know, they, they carried the baby for nine months and I, I think at a time when babies do, I think they should have the choice of having a home birth if they wish. It's not for everybody, TJ, I understand that, I accept that. Um, and even though some people may want to have a home birth, um, certainly the underlying conditions may prevent them from having that, but I think the choice here is being taken away from women. Um, my, my, my dad, um, 70 years ago, was born here at home in the community, in the Dynamic Community Hospital. There were babies born in Bankshire General Hospital. Like, so it's, it's worked in the past, and I can't see why this system now has to be taken away from, particularly rural communities. Instead of supporting and enhancing the services there, they're taking it away from people. What was it like as a daddy, Declan, to have Conan born at home? Incredible, um, an, an absolutely incredible experience. Now, again, I'm I'm a dairy farmer. I, I cast 60 cows every every spring, and there's uh, again not to be flippant. It's it just not a whole lot of difference between uh, giving birth um, animals in the same process. So, <laughs> sorry. <Dan. laughs> so I I had the upper hand on that. I will say from the point of view of I knew what I was. You're in you're in for a roasting when you go home. You know that. <laughs> No, Captain, she knows all too well. She's been there as well, too, when the cows are calving. So, um, again, uh, it was an insight for her as well, too. She got some of the background information on the farm as well, too. But at, at, at the end of the day, it, it was Captain's decision. She wanted a home birth. I fully supported her in that. And I had, I suppose, something that other husbands and partners didn't have. I was at home. I saw, I was there for the birth of my son. I wasn't sitting in a car, in a car park waiting for a phone call to come in yeah. just to be there for a few split Declan, Declan, could you move a bit because that, that line is coming and going it's, it's a bit it's a bit off if you're oh, in the house for you, that's a little bit that's a little bit better now okay. yeah. I, I would say Pete, I, I had the pleasure of being there for the birth and it's something yeah. that many uh, a father and a husband and partner didn't have they were sitting in car parks sitting in cars waiting for a phone call to come in and be there for a few minutes uh, while the birth was taking place and then they had to leave their wife or partner or child and come home and um, I was there for that I delivered Conan into my arms and we were at home that night and my mother-in-law was bringing us tea and toast in bed and um, it was a fantastic experience he was born in May 2020 at the height of COVID uh, huge restrictions but like it's the, the amount of I think there, there, there is um, a rigorous assessment there PJ like and you're still under CUMH up to the point where they sign you off. You're going for your 12-week scan, you're going for your 20-week scan, um, and you're, 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 you're seeing your GP on a regular basis. And up to the point when CUMH are happy that the baby has formed and is developing well, you're signed off in yeah. over to the, the midwife's care. And, you, and on the day, we had two midwives here in the house with us, monitoring Catherine every minute of every hour. And if there was any sign of difficulty or any complications, they were on the phone straight away. They would be ringing for an ambulance. And we had no say in that. Their call was final. And when we signed up for this, and when it was agreed and accepted, the ambulance service were notified that me and Captain were having a home birth and that was put on the system. 
and on the morning that Catherine went into labour, they were notified that this labour is starting or had started in such a time and there had to be an ambulance on standby. So I, I think, yes, there can be concerns and there can be risks with home births as there can be in a hospital. But from the point of view of the, the assessment we went through, we felt safe and we mm-hmm. were confident going into this and thankfully with a successful outcome. And I, I think it, I'm disappointed and I'm, I'm sympathetic with the women out there um, that are currently due in the next number of weeks and months that this choice is going to be taken away from okay. them because somebody thinks there's something uh, that there should be a better system put in place. Declan, I'm going to abandon the line because it's 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 not great, but thank you very much. Uh, thank you, first of all, for your lovely tribute to Vicky Phelan and for your take on home births. Your son Conan, it's counselor, county councillor Declan Hurley, himself and his wife Catherine had their son Conan at home and Conan was born, as Declan said, into his arms in May of 2020 and he completely supports uh, the people um, who demonstrated last Sunday week that he was at that demonstration with his son, the demonstration against these proposed rule changes by the HSE and as I said since we started talking about this over two weeks ago now the learning in it just for me personally as an individual who is interested in medical things the learning for me about just how damn safe it is and how well monitored it is and just how well practiced people are um, is is uh, is phenomenal and just some some more of them here. Um, I rang up after the discussion on home birth. I gave my number, but I thought I should also share my story on text. I gave birth for the first time uh, at home in the west of Dingle in June 2021. I felt so safe and well looked after by Sinead Murphy during labour, birth and postnatally. Hi, the proposed restrictions on the home birth rights are not evidence-based and they're yet another example of a patriarchal system that exists in healthcare in this country where women's voices and rights are not heard and the stance and professional opinions of midwives and midwives organisations are not respected. We have pages of them. Jill said, I just stumbled on this conversation. Uh, Mary was my midwife. This is Mary Cronin who was on with us. Uh, having had a hospital birth abroad followed by two home births, I can't express enough the level and care we had. It was the most amazing experience. The professionalism was second to none. That's from Jill in Cove and Shelley in East Clare. I've had all three babies at home. Two of them was with the HSE Home Birth Service and one with the private midwife in 2021. Uh, the HSE is eroding the profession and care as well as removing more options and more safe choices for women. And that is from Shelley. And just thought, good to touch back on those particular comments in the wake of the news of the day which if you haven't heard the very sad news uh, of the day is the passing of Vicky Phelan, very sad to hear about Vicky, she was amazing and inspiration to lots of women it was the Jade Goody TV series that made me go and check and if I didn't I wouldn't be here today, that's in from Siobhan, thank you for that 0818 96 96 96 now Children are being vaccinated in schools these days against COVID. And the flu vaccination is coming up as well. We had a note from Lorraine. And Lorraine has a a problem which is more common than you might think. Lorraine's youngster, child, is terrified of needles. Is eligible for a vaccine, but is 
terrified of needles. And because she wanted to get the vaccine for the child, she wanted to figure, wonder, is there any way to deal with the terror of needles? Talk about that next. 0818 96 96 96. So the question we've thrown out there, the partner, whoever's in your life at the moment, what could you rent them out for? Someone said, I'd send my wife around to other people's houses to whip their husbands oh. into shape. Yeah, all right. <laughs> She's a personal trainer and never shuts up. <laughs> Morning. That's why Mrs. would make an absolute fortune as an archaeologist. She's so good at digging up the past. <laughs> And Ross in the morning. Get into gear for 2023 with No DC Cars Blackpool. Skoda's sales dealer of the year. Open 24-7 at NoDC.com. Courts 96 FM. So Lorraine sent an email to opinion at 96fm.ie, which is the best way to get us out of hours. She said, hi PJ, I love the show. Listen every morning. I'm hoping you can help us. My son hates needles and I worry about getting him vaccinated. I hate needles too. I hate anything sharp. And I think I've passed this on to him because he screams when he sees one. You always say how important vaccines are. Please help. And that's from Lorraine. And I imagine, Lorraine, that you're not the only one. I imagine there are many people like you, scared of needles, and many children scared of needles. And you're wondering, you know, how do I do the right thing, as it were, but deal with this fear at the same time? I may tell you, that uh, when I was small, I had a problem with needles. I hated needles. I hated the dentist up to very recently because of the needle. I didn't mind the drill or the fill. or what. I just hated needles. So I kind of know uh, where you're coming from. But someone who will definitely know where you're coming from is Audrey Berkeley, who is a nurse working in vaccine services with uh, the HSE and has agreed to talk through uh, this problem uh, raised by uh, Lorraine. Morning, Audrey. Good morning, PJ, and thanks very, very, very much for talking to me this morning. Much appreciated. Needle phobia is an extremely common problem that one in every 10 people do suffer from this. And some people say, like, I'm scared and I don't know why I'm, why I'm scared of needles. And others are due to fear of a past negative experience that has happened to them. Yeah, I remember as a small fella, I didn't like them myself. And I remember going for my vaccination last year and being surprised by how tiny the needles now are. To me, as a child, they looked huge. Is that worth taking into account? To that, to me, or to a child, they look huge? Yes, no, it is. Because, you see, when you build it up in yourself and you know that you're going for a vaccination, it's amazing how you the anxiety builds up and you get quite worried about it. But, like... In the modern days, things have changed and the needles are much smaller. And it's very important that you explain um, to the person that's coming into you that the best way, uh, the best best way for them to have the vaccination, that's the best way, because you always explain to them, explain beforehand, before they get the vaccination, the best way for them to relax. Um, And like every person is an individual coming in. So you take everyone, you treat every person differently, all right? And explain to them the needle is very small and very important for them to look away, very important for them to relax the arm, not to tense up. And you go through all this process with them beforehand, before you get the vaccination, because that's most important. And there's different 
ways um, of stress leaving mechanisms that you can do for them as well, which is a great help. I think the first thing you, you said when we let you see Lorraine's note to us was that it's better to do this in a clinic uh, where there are people used to it. Yes, or I would say depending on the individual. It's in a school situation, okay, sometimes all the other peers are looking at them and it's it can be quite nerve-wracking and why is this person taking over the cor- in a corner? Why is this person scared? Why is this person crying? So it's very important that if a person is scared and really, really nervous about needles, it's, it's nice to be brought to a clinic situation away from the peers with a family member who's not scared of needles. So I would say if it's the mom or the grandmother or the cousin, um, someone with them who they can trust, all right, and we take them to a private room and they've been kind to themselves. They're not rushed. They've quietness. You can talk and uh, talk in quietness and all to them beforehand, yeah. before we give them the vaccination. Are all those facilities there like you're kind of expecting in a clinic someone who's scared? Yes, you would. You would like in North's main street. There's a room down at the very end, which is totally private. Then outlying areas, we try make the best of circumstances that we're in. We might have an area that's actually cornered off, away from every, right. any um, everyone. So they, so therefore, any other people coming in cannot see what's actually happening. So we we ensure privacy right. for the person coming in at all times. And can someone ring ahead and say, "Look, I'm bringing in a child or an adult, but in this situation, a child who is afraid." Yes, you can. All right. When the appointment is sent out to the parents saying, yes, your your um, your family member has been actually been vaccinated today. All right. And they can ring ahead and speak to the secretary. But can we can know that on the chart or also if they don't get a chance, you know, some people are working and may not get a chance. So what they can do is come in in the day okay, and say to the person, we, we all just take turns and leading on the day and say to the lead person and say you know um, uh, my teenager my child is is quite nervous and uh, very important as well is they very important they're not waiting that they're brought in straight away all right because the longer you wait the higher anxiety the person will get yeah. okay so it's very important that you bring them in and very important you do, you take time because particularly like with the junior infants okay when they're about four or five okay they're here on their own they know exactly what's happening Okay, they're sitting on the parents' lap and if they get a bad experience from a vaccination, that's going to affect them later on in life or any any going to the GP or they need need any medical procedure done. So that's why very important with vaccinations that you do not rush the person. Like there's distraction therapy, use what I would always say, you can always bring in their own music. Okay, and listen to their own music. Particularly teenagers love to listen to the music. Um, Use a kind of a stress ball. I just have a stress ball in my bag myself. Relaxation, deep breathing, rescue remedy. But can also I also say to parents that can also quite quite good. I get that from the health food shop. Um, particularly junior infants that have a teddy with um, with band-aids on either arms to show to the junior yeah. infants exactly what's being done. Pictures for those children who are special needs. Pictures, you know, sometimes um, we were up in Skull Bernadette recently and, you know, some of the children there are non-verbal. So, yeah. so pictures and all can be great help to them. Um, so, like, children and teenagers have all different ways of coping mechanisms. That's why you would say, so that's why you find out exactly, talk to the uh, talk to the um, to the person in front of you before and find out what ways or what ways that would they find to be easy for them to have the vaccination that's important the impression I'm getting from you here Audrey is that as a nurse in a centre you're, you're kind of saying to me look there's nothing 
that myself nor my colleagues have not seen. We're aware of all of these issues that people have. So come and tell us your problem and we'll sort it out with you. That's important. That really is. And if a person talks, exactly. And a person may say, oh, I had a very bad experience before. And get them to talk about it, okay? And then talk about what ways we can do to help them to get their vaccination, okay? That's most important. And we discuss with them before we go ahead and give them the vaccination. We do not rush them. That's most important that you take time with them. Even it takes, you know, half an hour, 15 minutes, half an hour. You take time with them. You, that's the most important thing, that you do not rush rush them. That's most yeah. important. Something else from Lorraine's note is she too is afraid and she thinks that her child has picked up that fear from her. So it's bad enough having a child who's afraid, but if mom herself is afraid going in, that doesn't help. So maybe someone else should take the child. Is that... I would say someone else take it, you take a child like so therefore like if if her partner's not around or um or as her grandmother who knows the child or her cousin can come instead and um and then it's we talk to the, we talk to the child to the teenager beforehand good and then it's great when the teenager the child comes home and then says to mum I did it mum I did it I did it myself and it's a great boost then for for the person getting the vaccination yes I've done it and that's why I want to say to them afterwards and say, well done, well done. This is the first time you're getting a vaccination, you know, on your own. And I said, well done to you. Like teenagers, the first time they're on their own without, without their parents being present, particularly in a school situation or doing infants, the parent is present, but say to the child or to the teenager, well done and give them confidence afterwards and that they did it. So they're like this lady, Lorraine, the, the, the teenager, the child can go back and say, yes, I, I have done it. I achieved it myself. And that's most important for them to have confidence in themselves. And therefore that they, if they ever need further vaccinations or later, that they're not afraid or anything like that. That's most important. Just to give them reassurance that yes, I've built it, I've done it myself. I've well done. I've I've achieved it. Is it good to maybe line up a little bit of a treat afterwards, or just say, look, you know what? This is a big day for you. I understand that you're afraid. Do you know what? Let's get this done, and we and we'll go for a treat afterwards. Yes, I think that's a very, very good idea. We, in the, with us in vaccinations, we always give them um, a lollipop afterwards because we always find a bit of sugar afterwards is a great help and is also a treat no matter who you are, what age you are. And then a parent giving them a treat later on is definitely a great, a great help to the person getting a vaccination knowing, yes, we're going to get a treat later, definitely. I hope that your advice will, will help, Lorraine. I, I know what it's like to be nervous. I remember being nervous myself, like I said earlier on. And it's, it's, it's a great challenge to try to get over it for the first time. So you've been very helpful, Audrey. Thank you for talking to me. Thanks very much, PJ. And thanks again very much for talking to me this morning. Cheers. I, I hope you found something in that. If you're nervous of needles, or indeed if your children are nervous of needles... If you've not been yet for a vaccination, and there are those who've not been for a vaccination for their own reasons or whatever, or not bringing a child for vaccination, they're actually tiny. The needles are tiny now. Absolutely tiny. Uh, I remember the first time I went, first COVID, I was, was done and all, and didn't even realise it was done. And all I felt was the, the, the nurse just literally pinching the bit of skin that felt nothing, all done. 0818 96 96 96. We've kind of been taken over this morning by the very sad news uh, confirmed in the last hour of the passing of Vicky Phelan. Um, she was only 48 years of age. Stephen Teep has posted on his Facebook about her 
um, in the last few minutes uh, and let you hear that post. We'll hopefully talk to Stephen over the days to come as he mourns someone who became, and I know because he told us here before when he was in the studio with me, she'd become quite a close friend to himself and his two lovely boys. But uh, her death announced this morning at the age of just 48. If you haven't seen the movie that was out uh, just a couple of months ago, it came out now, called Vicky. I had the opportunity to see it. Uh, remarkable, remarkable piece of work. And we kind of knew, watching it, that uh, she unfortunately didn't have long left because she was unable to take part in the publicity for it. And she wasn't giving interviews at the time of its release and that was kind of ominous really at the time um, that the time was short for her and that time uh, time ended today Get ready to meet The Cork's 96FM Street Fleet Heading your way soon Join the Street Fleet this Saturday at Douglas Village Shopping Centre from 12 till 2. We'll be there to celebrate the magical arrival of Santa Claus on his horse-drawn sleigh with music, fun and lots of giveaways. That's this Saturday from 12 at Douglas Village Shopping Centre with Cork's 96FM. PJ Coogan on the Opinion Line. Silver winner. Silver winner. Best news story at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Cork's 96FM. Yeah, Stephen Teep has... um, put on his Facebook in the last hour or so. Uh, it was with a broken heart that we say goodbye to a great friend, <coughs> Vicky, who got her wings today. Five years ago, she was told she only had a few months to live. She defied all the odds and through her strength and courage became a national treasure, honouring us all with her wisdom, love and great sense of humour. More importantly than that, she became a very good friend to Oscar, Noah and me, a rock of support for us to lean on over the years. Another woman of Ireland taken from us too soon. We will miss you, Vicky. Thank you for just being you. Rest in peace, my good friend. That posted to Facebook in the last while by uh, Stephen Teep. Now, Ray O'Brien, you wrote a song for Vicky and my condolences this morning um, on the loss of someone who I believe was a very good friend of yours. You, you you grew up together. Oh, I'll go away in a second. Will I? Okay, I'll come. I'll come first to uh, to Breda. Uh, Breda, good morning. Good morning. Um, talk to me about the charity and the CD. Well, I don't know why. I I, I actually saw it. Um, I saw it on Facebook, and uh, it was advertised, and I actually bought it, and it was just the most amazing, amazing, beautiful song. Yes. And I shared it for people to see. But it's just, it's called Hope and Inspiration. Ray will explain it more. Indeed. Um, because I know somebody had been through it and I just thought it was a beautiful present to give to the family. And I think it would be lovely for people to be able to buy it yeah. for Vicky and for her charity yeah. as a memory. I just think it's beautiful. But Ray will explain it more. But it's just the most beautiful, beautiful CD to yeah. buy. And I think it would be a lovely extra gift for people for Christmas. Indeed. You know? If they could support our charity, Heroes yeah. Aid. Heroes Aid. When when you heard the news this morning, what was your first thought? I don't know because I had been sharing a lot of her stuff, and I just think she is has was such a beautiful, beautiful inspiration to everybody, and people uh, are alive today because of her and all her people with her, Lindsay and all the rest of the girls. 
Um, even my own daughters, I have given the HPV to them and I just think it's just, she has done so much and she will be so, so missed this morning and the whole of the world is going to miss her this morning. Indeed. You know, and my heart goes out to all her family. <clears throat> but she has been such an inspiration. And like, even when she was unwell, she shared and shared and got her message out, you know. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Brida, thank you for that. And thank you for bringing the, the song to our attention. Now, Ray, Ray, um, my condolences, because I know that you, you. Were, you were good friends. You, you, you grew up together. Yeah, we were. Um, Seth and Vicky and our family were next door neighbours of mine as, as I was growing up. Um, they lived in this little, little village, little village called Moonkine in the south in South Kilkenny. I know. Um, they lived in two Cum Review or three Cum Review. They still lived there. Her mum and dad still lived there in Cum Review in Moonkine, and we they lived in in three Cum Review, and we lived in two Cum Review. We were next door neighbours growing up. Um, very very sad this morning. Yeah. When did you very hear sad. about it, Ray? I. I was in Tesco's with my wife doing some shopping this morning there and my friend rang me, he said, he said, one of your friends died this morning, he said. So I didn't know who he was talking about. Um, and he said to me, Vicky, Vicky died this morning. I, I kind of stopped and I said, oh my Jesus. That is so sad. I that think, awesome. yeah. I think when the film came out, I was just saying it there, Ray, a few minutes back, when when the film came out and, and she wasn't doing interviews yeah, she didn't. I don't believe she even did one. And I know I, I mentioned him again. No. Ray Darcy and herself are quite close friends. And and I, yeah. I, she she didn't appear with Ray. I, no, I, I, kind of, I said she's really she's she's not good. It's not that she wasn't good. Like, like she, she wasn't good, but she she was kind of concentrated more on her family. I think more yeah. than more than anything. Else. She she knew that her time was was coming. Yes. She she did, she knew it was going to be sooner rather than later. Yes, but she, she's got a fair run of this. Oh my goodness me! Oh, I, she was given she was given something like seven months. Seven months, like she's she's defied all the odds. She got and she's four or five years. Like. Four or five years out of this, you know what I mean? It's it's actually unbelievable. She shouldn't she shouldn't be. I don't think she should be mourned because okay. Vicky Vicky knew this was coming. I think her life should be celebrated. Yes. Because what she did for this country. Well, well, the the first point that I made, and and I hope it is made loudly by anyone in my position who remembers it, was mm-hmm. that statement on the front steps of the court, which I played again earlier this morning. Mm-hmm. They never wanted her to make that statement. They tried to make her take they t- an they undisclosure to order. They tried oh, to fight And she she said to me, she said. I remember I was talking to her a few months ago and she said to me, they, Leo Vatkar and Michal Martin hate me. I said, why would they hate you? She said, she said, they just want me to die, she said, because I can't talk then. You know, That's... like, w- what they've hidden in this country, apart from Vicky's case, is, is actually scandal. Yeah. Like, they, they, they tried to pay her to quite her, to shut her up. Why? That's... That's scandalous. Yeah. yeah. Like she 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 opened the whole can of worms on this whole this whole cervical cancer scandal. Opened the whole can of worms that they did not want. Yeah. And and that's why they tried to pay her off. I know. Do you know, Ray, we only got to know her <clears throat> as a nation 
you know, only yeah. in the last couple of years. I interviewed yeah. her three or four times, and the one thing I found about her was she was incredibly funny, and oh, yeah. wonderfully articulate, bright, intelligent, lovely woman. What was she like growing up as a next door neighbour, a neighbour's child? What was she like? Yeah, we had we had some great times together. We had we we um during the summertime water fights. Oh my god, we. Used to, so so much fun. We used to, I used to knock on her door and she'd come out and she, she'd see who it was and I'd be standing around the corner I'd just throw a bucket of water over and we'd, we'd have we had good fun we had good fun but Vicky moved away to Limerick at a young age she she decided she wanted to um, to go to college yeah. and she moved away to Limerick and went to college in Limerick and she then after she married and she, she moved into somewhere in Limerick you know so and in Cotty, I think it was yeah yeah, so she, she was she was gone out of Moonkine for a long, long time. Yeah, a long time. She, she left Moonkine at a kind of a young age. Yeah, yeah. But you kept in touch, didn't you? Uh, through Facebook, yeah, through Facebook. I, I was all, I'm good friends with her, with our family. I'm good friends with her, with our mum and dad, and her sisters and brothers. I, I stayed in contact with with her sister. Her sister owns a, a hair salon in Watford. I see. A very, very good hair salon in Watford. Um, but I, I remain friends with her. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I did. and then you wrote this song. I wrote this song. I I was I, I play music, uh, but I did play music. I don't play much anymore. But um, I it was the middle of COVID. I I was I, I was I was writing songs, and I said I want to write a song about Vicky. Like I, I sat down one evening, and the words just flowed out of me, mm. and I wrote I wrote the song like in, in about forty minutes one night. Yeah. And I went to my friend Paul Grant, is his name. Paul Grant used to be, um, if your, your listeners ever heard of, they uh, call Liam Clancy. Yeah. He was Liam Clancy's guitar player for years and years and years. Okay. So he's a good friend of mine. So I got I got him to, to produce it for me and to record it. And he, 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 did, it, he did it free of charge because it was going for charity. And he didn't charge me for it. And I got one of my friends to sing it. I, I said it didn't sound the same coming from a man's perspective and it needed to come from a woman's perspective because of the cervical cancer. So I asked a friend of mine, a girl called Karen Koss, to sing the song and she recorded an absolutely fabulous version of the song. Absolutely fantastic version of the song. So she recorded it for me. Um, I put it out there. It was in the middle of COVID so it was right wrong time it was released that we couldn't have raised money for it because of the time it was released, we didn't. I think we we barely broke even on this. Yeah, yeah. Because if it was released now, we would have made some money, or the charity would have made some money on this. But it was released at the right wrong time. Yeah. Now, saying that, I'm still very very proud of the song. Yeah, yeah. I'm very proud of the song. Um, I sorted out all my CDs. I didn't have a, a huge amount of CDs, but I, I because I, I I anticipated that we wouldn't sell a huge amount because of COVID. Yeah, and. We, we still sold. I think we sold about two thousand CDs. Very good. Very. You know, good. it was it was okay. It was okay for the for the time. The, the times are in that at the, Absolutely. At the time. Absolutely. You know, it was, it was okay. Yeah. But um, it, it wasn't about making money. Yeah. It wasn't about making money. It was just something I I felt strongly about. A tribute to your, a tribute to your friend Ray. I'm sorry for it your was, loss. Um, no, no, it's it, it's sad. It's sad. But I I think she should be. She should be honoured more than more than grieved, because yeah. only for her, this country would be in a different situation right now. 
Yeah, she opened a door. She opened she opened a Pandora's box to yeah, something. She did. And, and she did. Yeah. And a Pandora's well, box that many people didn't want to open. No, no, it wasn't. It, it, the government wanted that closed and didn't want to reopened again. Yeah, and she uh, opened it. I, I, I think that we should. I think that we should. We should celebrate Vicky's life rather than rather than mourn her life because her, her life was unbelievable. She done so much for this country. And we should we should really really celebrate her life. I really think we should. I think that those are very wise words, Ray. Thank you, Ray O'Brien. Uh, grew up next door to live next door to, to Vicky Feeling when they were growing up together. And thank you, Breda. Uh, before that, yeah. Um, where was I going to go? Oh yes, I go to this. This has come down uh, on the national news wires this morning. It's Tara Duggan uh, has put together a. Just a package uh, remembering uh, Vicky Phelan uh, on the day that her her death was announced. The women of Ireland can no longer put their trust in the cervical check program. Mistakes can and do happen, but the conduct of cervical check and the HSE, in my case, and in the case of at least ten other women, we know Vicky Phelan blew the lid off the cervical check scandal in April of 2018 by refusing to sign a non-disclosure agreement in her case against the U.S. laboratory that misread her smear. My settlement will mostly be spent on buying me time and on paying for clinical trials to keep me alive and to allow me to spend more time with my children. The mother of two was first diagnosed with cervical cancer in 2014. An internal cervical check audit found that despite her routine smear in 2011 being reported as clear of abnormalities, it in fact clearly showed she had cancer three years before her diagnosis. She wasn't told about the mistake until 2017. The HSE later confirmed that more than 200 women had developed cervical cancer after having a misdiagnosed cervical check smear test. Despite her terminal diagnosis, Vicky fought for answers on behalf of the women of Ireland. She appeared before the Oireachtas Public Accounts Committee in May of 2018. It has cost me my life. I've got terminal cancer. I mean, I don't believe I'm going to die, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to have to fight to live uh, for the rest of my life and go from one treatment option to another until I find something to cure me. But I shouldn't be in this position. Vicky was awarded an honorary doctorate from the University of Limerick in 2018 and published a memoir, Overcoming, in 2019, which won the Unpost Irish Book of the Year Award. There was a book there, I think, anyway, before last year happened. And I was doing it for the kids so that they'd know stuff about me that I mightn't have had the chance to tell them. Vicky went on to receive pioneering treatment in the United States. But as her condition worsened, it was recommended that she return home for palliative care. She survived by her husband. Jim and her two children, Amelia and Dara. That's Tara Duggan reporting uh, the sad news announced this morning of the passing of uh, Vicky Field. And it's a story, no doubt, we'll return to uh, during the course of the next uh, number of days. 0818 96 96 John Looney. I just want to finish with you. On, I, I guess it's a happy note today. You've been able to resume. We, you and I talked before the Cork City Hospital Children's Club. You were able to resume your trips to Disney for the first time since COVID. Morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Good. Um, Listen, may I just say my condolences too to the feeding family. It is yeah. a very, very sad time. Yeah. A very, very sad. And just to say, even just sitting here listening to your. You was there in the last few minutes. 
it makes us feel what we do even all more, the more worthwhile, you know? Yeah. So. yeah. How long are you doing these trips? Would you believe it? It's 30 years this year. Really? really? Yeah. 30 years. And you weren't able to do it through COVID. Who travels on these Disney trips, John? But basically, they're children, you know, who've been through um, serious illnesses now through their lives, disabilities, or even child abuse and all that kind of stuff, you know? And even siblings of maybe car accidents where their parents might have passed away, you know, within the car and they were involved themselves. Yes. And we bring six deaf children every year. We bring, you know, um, six wheelchairs and we basically bring it together a group of maybe 84 in total. Now, of course, we have to bring the protection officers and, and everything else and the doctors and nurses as well, you know. So. It's a, it's, that's, that's what makes it such a, a, a big operation. Oh, without a doubt, because like we know, um, we get the comfort of knowing that these children would not be able to travel without the medical care that we provide, you know, and the backups that we provide for them, you know, including medication and all that kind of stuff as well. Yes. Yes. Now you're already, I know this this year's trip has taken place next year. You're already take names for that. Oh, yes, because, I mean, even two years ago, unfortunately, I think it was around March, remember when COVID broke, we had to cancel our trip that year, obviously, and even the children who were all nominated to go on that year, they all had to be told that, unfortunately, it has been cancelled, you know. And even the way that they took it and understood everything else about COVID, they were unbelievable, you know. And that, Like, you know, a normal child now will get a tension over, you know, just hold they're going to your Disney next, they're not going. But no, they, they all totally understood, so it's fantastic, you know. Yeah. And tell so, me, where do the funds come from, John? Because this thing must cost a fortune to put together. Oh, basically, every year we need to raise approximately €89,000 to put this together. And that goes along with our Christmas uh, wonderland that we make up as well, you know. Yes. And even through COVID now, we sent nine families in the last two years to your Disney. Like, they went on their own even through COVID because, unfortunately, it would have been their last trips going together anyway. Gotcha. And on top of that, we sent seven families around Ireland for a smaller trip because, unfortunately, they couldn't travel abroad. And it's all done through fundraising. Totally 100% voluntary. Like, all our volunteers are 100%. There's no one paid. There's no euros come out of anything. It goes directly to the children, you know? So it's totally voluntary. And any if there's any organisations out there that would like to contribute or even become our main sponsors or whatever, we're always willing to listen. Because especially now with COVID, we have to increase the numbers, believe it or not, in adults going on these trips to kind of separate the groups in kind of smaller groups yeah, than what we had. You're dealing you know, with vulnerable so. children and you still have to protect them from, from, from the virus. John, I wish we had more time to talk. We will someday in the future. I'm sure you'll appreciate with the news about Vicky this morning, our time together was short. But John Looney of Cork City Hospital Children's Club, uh, back travelling uh, to Disney. Well done. Thank you, John. Uh, Alicia was on from Middleton. Uh, just sending my deep, deepest condolences to Vicky's family and friends. I had the pleasure of meeting her in person in November 2018 because of our rallies with Standing for Women. I met her with Carol Murray, one of the 221 women affected, and a fellow Middleton woman. Vicky was such a dignified and beautiful lady. She was a fearless campaigner for justice and for creating awareness about cervical cancer. She campaigned for every woman in Ireland and saved many lives in the process by highlighting this scandal. Our yesterday. Grev Ahanam Bealish. And with that, we leave you. See you in the morning, just after nine.
The Cork Diary. The Cork Diary is a free service. So if you're a community group, a not-for-profit organisation, or you have a fundraising event you would like mentioned, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With corksimon.ie. No one wants their child to grow up to be homeless on Christmas Day. On Cork's 96FM. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.